Good morning. My name is Eric Simpson. My wife Stephanie and I have been worshiping here in South Park for the last 16 years. And now, let us pray. Almighty God, enthroned in glory above, we humbly approach you today, unworthy of your boundless grace. Yet you call us to join and feast at your table, giving us the gift of eternal life. Walk with us, O Lord, through the daily challenges we face. You know each and every one, and even the challenges that are yet to come. Let us turn to you for the courage necessary to meet the slings and arrows of the world, and teach us not to fear the uncertainty that comes with tomorrow. O Rock and our Redeemer, help us to have a solid faith and to truly know that your will is perfect. Open our eyes so that we may see all the earthly blessings that you have given us. We praise you for your goodness to us. Help us to know what you want us to do with all that you've entrusted us with to advance your kingdom in the way that best honors you. And now, Heavenly Father, we pray for those struggling with illness, both physical and mental. We pray for those who worry about a next meal, for the destitute, those grieving, and, the needing, and those needing comfort. We pray for those who don't know you. Bring them into your loving embrace and help us all be the ambassadors of your love. Guide Chris as he leads us in your word today. May the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. And now, knowing that you are a gracious God who hears our prayers, we lift these and all the unspoken petitions up to you. Through the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Hey, good morning. Great to see all of you today. My name is Chris. Uh, it's an honor to be able to share God's word with you today. I just want to ask if you have a copy of the scriptures or you have it on your phone uh, to turn them open to Acts chapter 27. We'll be there today uh, as we continue in our series, Let Us Pray, a series on prayer. And if you have something to maybe take notes with or you want to take them on your phone, that's great. Let's start with just a, a working definition of prayer. Prayer is the journey between your heart and God's heart. Uh, the word journey means a passage from one place to another. So you think about it this way, prayer is this passageway, it's a journey from your heart to the very heart of God. And so it brings us back into relationship and trust and reminding us of the promises of God. And the passage that we're going to be in today, Acts chapter 27, is a journey. And as we think about prayer being a journey from our heart to the heart of God, we're going to look at a physical journey that the Apostle Paul took. It actually was his final journey. Uh, some people refer to this as the fourth missionary journey that Paul and his team took. And it was from the city of Jerusalem to the city of Rome, which is really significant because if you read the first part of the book of Acts, which is the story of the church, uh, Jesus says to his followers, you know, stay here in Jerusalem. You remember this in Acts 1.8? And I'm going to give you my spirit, uh, this dynamite, where we get our uh, English word dynamite from, power is going to come upon you and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea, in Samaria, so these circles get bigger and bigger, and then the final statement, to the very ends of the earth. 
And last week we were reminded that Rome in the first century represented the literal ends of the earth. It also represented the Gentile capital of the known world there, the Roman Empire. And so Paul is going to journey here in Acts 27 and 28 from Jerusalem, the very starting place of Christianity, to the, uh, the throne, if you will, of the Gentile Empire, the Roman, to stand before the Roman Emperor Caesar himself. And we're going to follow along in that journey because not only is it, again, a literal journey that had all kinds of difficulties and challenges, but it's a metaphorical journey of, of, of really Paul being in a, a situation of challenge, of difficulty, of frustration, of danger, and continuing to take, ever, to take uh, purposeful steps forward to be in the heart and the purposes of God. So let me just give a little bit of context, and hopefully you're there in Acts now. Uh, in Acts chapter 27 and 28, the final two chapters in, in the book. Paul is in Jerusalem. Uh, he comes there after his third missionary journey. He wants to deliver an offering that he's been collecting for the saints there in Jerusalem. He goes to the temple to worship, as was his custom, and he begins to tell people about Jesus. People recognize him, the, the Jewish leaders, and they promptly arrest him for uh, sharing about Jesus. And they want to kill him. And actually, his rescuer, of course, it's God himself, but God uses the Romans to rescue Paul from the Jews. And that night in captivity, God comes and visits Paul and shares with him this word in Acts 23, 11. Maybe just write this down if you're taking notes. That night the Lord appeared to Paul and said, okay, he's in prison here, right? Uh, he's, he's in all kinds of, uh, of trouble in a very dangerous situation. The Jews wanted to kill him. And God says, be encouraged. So for some of you walking here this morning, you're watching online, and you go, man, I look around at my circumstances and doesn't seem like there's a lot to be encouraged about. And in that moment is where God comes to Paul and reminds him of his purposes and his promises. He says, be encouraged, Paul. Listen to this. Just as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem, the very heart of Christianity, you must preach the good news, the gospel in Rome as well. So in this little verse, uh, Acts 23, 11, Paul is reminded of his purpose. And last week we talked about that God's plans for your life are always going to be connected and rooted in God's purpose for all of life. So you don't need to raise your hand, but how many of you, again, you come in here this morning, you go, man, I'm just wondering in this circumstance, in this situation, uh, tomorrow what I'm facing at work, uh, a, a relational dynamic in my family or with a friend or just something really hard. And I just wonder, what is God's plan in all of this? And maybe just more broadly, you just sort of go, what is God's plan for my life? Like, what is, what is the deal? What is the purpose behind all of this? And, and last week we talked about, and we'll, we'll continue today, that God's plan for your life individually is always going to be connected and rooted in his purposes for all of life. And I just think it's really interesting that in this captive moment, literally, as Paul is sitting in a prison, uncertain of his future, wondering, am I really going to get to Rome and, and be able to preach in front of Caesar himself and testify to the good news, the gospel like God told me, that God comes and reminds him of the purpose for his life. And it's in that purpose that, that Paul begins to also, I know, be reminded that God has a plan in all of it. And so uh, God uses the Romans to protect Paul from the Jews. And then Paul appeals to Caesar, which was his right as a Roman citizen to go to Rome and stand before Caesar himself and face his accuser, if you will. 
And so the Romans oblige and they, they take Paul to Rome. And along that journey, there's all kinds of challenges, right? So here's the thing. You can be smack dab in the middle of God's will. This is exactly what God wanted for Paul to do, to be an apostle to the Gentiles, to, to preach the good news to the ends of the earth, to go to Rome and stand before the emperor, the most important person in the world during the first century. Paul is doing exactly what God wanted him to do. And yet there's all kinds of challenges. And I don't know how that hits you today, but some of you might feel like, I'm trying to do what you want me to do, God. I'm trying to say yes. I'm trying to to follow you in every area of my life. And yet it just seems like there's all kinds of difficulties and challenges. And so look at this story and be encouraged. Paul's doing the very same thing you are. And he says in Acts 27 verse 4 that the winds were against us. And I love that little phrase because, you know, sometimes you think, well, I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to, you know, find him. I'm going to follow him passionately and everything's just going to go great. And the wind's going to be at my back and everything's going to be smooth sailing. And Paul says right away, no, no, I started walking towards God's purpose in my life and the winds were in my face. They were against us. And you say, okay, well, it can't get worse. It gets worse. Paul says the progress was really slow. Look at verses four through seven in the book of Acts. It says, yeah, the, the progress, we, we just, we, we couldn't make any, any headway and the ship was being blown off course. And I wonder how many of you in your life right now, you go, I thought I would be further along. Uh, you know, I thought by saying yes to God and his purposes for my life that things would go quicker. I thought I would find that person. I thought I would find that job. I thought things would be going better and, 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 and smoother and just quicker in my life all the way around. And Paul says, oh, the progress was really slow. And the ship was off course and the winds were in our face. And you think, I mean, it can't get any worse than that. Well, he says, then it was winter. And so we know after Yom Kippur in eighty fifty nine, when they were taking this journey from Caesarea to Rome, that after Yom Kippur, it was just a known fact, you shouldn't be on the Mediterranean sailing. And Paul uh, says to those who were uh, taking him to Rome, you know, we shouldn't be out here. It's not the right season for this. And I just wonder how many of you in your life right now, in your journey, you feel like, man, it just, it's a winter season. And I just kind of look around right now, and it, it just seems like everything's just kind of barren and dead. And c- could, could God do anything good in this season of my life right now? And you say, like, it, it couldn't get worse than that. And then Paul says, oh, yeah, by the way, the winds were in our face, the progress was slow, the ship was blown off course, it was winter, we shouldn't be out here. And then there was a storm. Look at verses 14 through 20 in Acts chapter 27. He says, yeah, then we thought things were going better, the wind changed and we were encouraged, and then this huge storm came upon us. And it raged for days, and we hadn't eaten, and we thought we were facing certain death. And then Luke, who's with him and who's writing the book of Acts, Luke wrote the gospel of Luke and the the book of Acts. Luke wrote more words than any person in the New Testament just by word count. And when he's describing this, because he's with Paul, look look at what he says here in verse 20. Acts chapter 27, verse verse 20. Look what he says. Okay, Acts chapter 27, verse 20. He says, so take courage, for I, or I'm sorry, uh, the terrible storm raged for many days, we're gonna get 27, blotting out the sun and the stars until it last, look at this last phrase, until it last, ooh, Do you feel that? I feel that even reading it. 
all these things, all these challenges on the journey, and then it, it, when, you, when you think like it can't get any worse, like the storm just continues to rage and it blots out the sun and the stars. And then that, that final little phrase there in verse 20, all hope was, was, was gone. And I just, I just wonder in the room this morning, for those of you who may be watching, if that little phrase right there in verse 20 describes how you feel today. Just, you know, God, I'm, I'm trying to follow you in my marriage. I'm trying to follow you in my profession. I'm trying to follow you in this community of people you've surrounded me with. And it, it, it just feels like everything is against me in all these challenges. And the sun and the stars themselves are blotted out. And I just, I don't feel a lot of hope in my life. And moreover, you know, we learned that the mariners during this time, you know, this was before the advent of the compass. So what did they use to navigate out on the open waters? The sun and the stars. Well, what's blotted out? I mean, everything that I've navigated my life, everyone watch this, everything I've navigated my life with is blotted out. So I don't know what that represents for you, you know, maybe you go, like, I'm really good at my job. You know, I'm, 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 God's given me an intellect. I, I really rely on my, my education and just my, 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 my knowledge and, and, and just my understanding. Maybe for some of you, you, you navigate based on your relational connections and your, your bandwidth and relationships. I don't know how, what it is, the, the people or the things that you're used to navigating and orienting your life around, but imagine all those being blotted out. Everything that I've taken comfort in, that I've navigated and, and been able to, to move through life with is, is gone. It's blotted out. And I have nothing left but Jesus. And Paul writes this little phrase to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. You know, go read 2 Corinthians, right? Just go read it. If you feel like you're in a place where the sun and the stars are blotted out in your life. Because Paul writes so vulnerably and he says to the church in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, he says, you know, on him, on Jesus, we have, we've set our hope. We've, we've anchored our hope in Christ, and he's going to rescue us. And I just believe this, guys, that it's oftentimes not until the other things in your life that you're putting your hope in, your trust in, your belief in, until they sink, to use our mariner, you know, metaphor here, until they, they go away and they're blotted out, that I put all of my hope and my trust in Jesus. And you go, well, we're in church right now. Of course I put my trust in Jesus. I, you know, of course I believe in here. Yeah, or him. Yeah, of course you do. But, but here's the deal. Most of us, it's a, it's, a, it's a portfolio type of faith, right? Meaning, you know, what is a portfolio of faith? Well, Jesus, you know, he's in there, uh, but my job is in there too. And my bank account's in there too. And my relational capital is in there. And it's just this portfolio of things that I'm putting my hope and my faith in. And oftentimes it's not until all of those things are gone that you go, this is, Jesus is all I got. And I begin to realize that Jesus, Jesus is all I need. I, I want you to think about a person in your life, okay? I want you to think about someone in your life that you really admire their faith, you know, maybe it's a grandparent, a parent, a sibling, a friend, somebody in your group, somebody you attend church with, somebody you work with, a neighbor, somebody that you just look at them and go, man, like, you know, they've really found the Lord and they're really following hard after Jesus. And just in so many different areas of their life, I just admire them. And as they follow Jesus, I want to follow, I want to follow them, like Paul said, as they follow Jesus. 
uh, Jen and I were visiting with um, a couple this week that, 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 that's the person I think about, this couple. And, and after a couple hours of being with them, we got in the car and I just looked at Jen and I said, you know, don't you just want to be them when you grow up? And, and they may be watching right now. And they just, as we shared life together, they just shared, you know, some of the things they do every day to connect with Jesus and their prayer life. And, you know, even when Jesus said um, to Peter, James, and John, could you, could you not pray with me for an hour? They just shared with us, you know, we took that literally. We've been praying for an hour every day for the last 40 years. And just some incredible things of faith that just go, oh, wow. But here's the follow-up question. Think about that person in your life. Who is that person for you that you just admire their faith, their prayer life, their journey with Jesus? Are you thinking of them? Uh, Let me ask you a question about them. Have they had an easy life? Has everything gone the way that they would want it to go? Have they faced, that person you're thinking about, have they faced any difficult things in their life? Yeah. The the truth is you, you don't grow in your faith and your trust in Jesus until you have to grow in your faith and trust in Jesus. You you don't realize that Jesus is enough until Jesus is all you have. And you know, for many of us, let me show you a little picture again. For many of us, we think about my plan. You know, what's God's plan for my life? What's my plan? And I think about this, right? Remember this? And it's just, everything's just sort of up and to the right, and then there's the finish line, right? And And then I love, you know, the, the, the God's plan is you kind of match them up beside you. The one has a checkered flag, the finish line. The thing you'll notice about God's plan, it's still going, right? And, and so we think like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to kind of drift my way into eternity with Jesus and into God's will and his plan and purposes for my life. And, and that's not how it works. You know, what's, what's the old hymn? Uh, Through many dangers, toils, and yeah. Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. T'was grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. I learn God's grace. I learn that his grace is sufficient for me, that in, that in my weakness the power of Christ is made strong, 2 Corinthians 12. I learn that through difficulty. And so God doesn't will difficult things to happen in my life. He allows the difficult things in this life to happen so I know his goodness and his promises. And again, go back to 2 Corinthians. Read at least the first chapter and Paul says, we learn to not set our hope on ourselves. We learn that through our difficulties to set our hope in Christ, to anchor our hearts there. And so the same is true with prayer. It's through the journey that Paul was on here in Acts 27 and all these challenges, the wind and the season and the progress and the storm and the sun and the stars being blotted out that he learns to rely on God's promises. All right, if you haven't heard it uh, the way I've said it, maybe hear it this way. Without the sting of life's challenges, we cannot know the joy of God's promises. We learn to trust God's promises through life's pain. And prayer, what we're talking about in this series, prayer is this passage. It's this journey from my challenges to God's promises, from my heart to God's heart. And it's this gift that God gives to us every single day to be able to connect and commune with God through the difficulties, the challenges, the dangers of this life to connect my heart to God's promises and his purposes for my life. So if you're able, I want to invite you to stand to your feet again and let's, 
let's read the passage, just give attention to it as we continue the story of Paul. And what I want to talk about now, we, you know, we talked about the challenges, but I want to show you how these challenges became the backdrop to Paul and his team experiencing God's promises in this, per, this journey of purpose and prayer. So let me read God's word to you. Acts 27, this is 23 through 26. Paul is speaking to all of his shipmates, everybody who's on this ship with him in the storm. He says, take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid. For you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So Paul says, so take courage, for I believe God, and it will be just as he said. And we can't leave this out, verse 26, I love this. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. (laughs) The word of God to you today. You can be seated, thank you. I left that little, you know, verse 26 in there because it's in the passage, but also because it reminds us that even in the midst of difficulty, especially in the midst of difficulty, that we can experience the promises of God. And one of those promises, the first one here in verse 22 is to take courage. So if, you're, if you have anything to take notes with, take notes and take courage, I want to encourage you to just write a few of these promises down. That some, if it doesn't hit you today, maybe it'll hit you tomorrow or somewhere to come. Or maybe it's for somebody else in your life that you need to share this with that's going through difficult times that needs to be reminded that it's through life's challenges that we connect to God's promises. Paul says to all of his fellow sailors, there are all 200 plus of them on this ship that's in the middle of the Mediterranean in this storm, take courage. You know, I love that little phrase because what he doesn't say is, you know, you just shouldn't be concerned about your circumstances. Or you, you can't experience, you know, the, the emotion of fear. You know, courage is not the lack of fear. C- courage is even in the face of feeling fearful to, to, to know that God is with you and to trust in his promises. And I love that little phrase, to take courage, because, you know, what Paul doesn't say to his shipmates is, um, you know, you need to just, like, dig deep and just sort of bow up or power through this or self-actualize in the middle of this storm. No, he just says you need to take courage. Well, who are you taking courage from? And Paul says, well, I'm taking courage from the Lord and his promises. And I just wonder, I'm going to just ask you a question. Like who in your life in the midst of your challenges and storms and difficulties, who are you taking courage from? Who are you borrowing courage from in your life in the midst of difficulty and challenges? Paul says in verse 23, take courage. And then he immediately references this encounter that he had with an angel. And you know that in the midst of the challenges, this is what's driven Paul and his team, Luke and others to prayer. And God appears to him and speaks to him through this angel. And the angel says, remember, look at here, verse 23. He says, um, last night an angel stood with me, uh, stood with me uh, from the God that I belong and whom I serve. He stood beside me. I look at verse 24. He said, don't be afraid. He begins to remind Paul of the promises of God. And so Paul begins to share this with his shipmates and says, you know, God stood with me. 
And I love this idea that in the middle of the storm and the middle of people, I'm sure, running away from Paul and running away from the ship that God comes and stands with him. And I just, I just wonder if some of you need to hear today this idea, this understanding, this promise that God's with you and that he's standing with you in the difficult seasons and moments of your life and that he's allowing you to take courage from his presence and his promises standing beside you. Paul reminds, or God reminds Paul in the, one of the darkest hours of his life on this ship thinking that he's gonna crash and not get to Rome and do what God wanted him to do and fulfill these great purposes, God reminds Paul, I'm with you and I'm, and I'm standing with you. And for some of you, that's why you came here today is to hear that word that God stands with you, that'll never leave you, that'll never forsake you. And that's one of the promises that we can count on. Paul says, don't be afraid. Well, why, why, why should we not be afraid? Well, he says, the angel said to me, verse 24, look, don't, don't, don't be afraid, Paul. There's so many things in life right now to be afraid about. There's so many things to be concerned about. And as Paul looked out at the wind and the storm and the ship, you know, tearing apart, literally, uh, the angel says, don't, don't be afraid. I haven't counted all of them, but somebody told me that there are 365 fear knots in the Bible. And I love that because there's 365 days in our calendar. And we need to be reminded every day to not be afraid. Because fear, you know, it's, it's a natural thing as a, as a person to feel the emotion of fear, right? But what the trouble is with fear is when we begin to take counsel of our fears and we begin to uh, allow the volume of fear, as it were, to be turned up in our heads and we begin to just listen to it, we miss God. And we miss an understanding of faith and trust in God in the midst of difficulty, so Paul says to all of his shipmates after the Lord has said to him through the angel, hey, don't, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is, God is with us. It reminds me, if you were um, with us for our Daniel series, if not, it's, it's posted online. We did a study of the book of Daniel. And Daniel goes and he stands before Nebuchadnezzar, who was crazy, right, a madman, and the most powerful person during that time. And we learned by watching Daniel as a person of prayer that when you bow before God, that you can stand before anyone, right? When you submit your life to God, that you can stand before anybody. And I just think it's a really interesting thing to think about Daniel being such a person of prayer and not taking counsel of his fears, but even in the midst of, I'm sure, being afraid, taking courage and believing and standing before Nebuchadnezzar. And then Paul is gonna go and do the same thing and stand before Caesar himself, who was another madman. Nero was Caesar during this time, who persecuted Christians. And Paul stands before him and testifies to the goodness of God. It's interesting, like in Acts 27 on this journey, they're in the middle of the Mediterranean and they're headed you know, towards Rome, towards the, the Northwest. And it wasn't, you know, six, seven centuries before that the prophet Jonah was in the same water. And do you remember the story of Jonah? And he's in a boat, and guess what? Another storm, just like this one, comes upon them. And what does Jonah say? Jonah tells his fellow shipmates, you gotta, you gotta throw me in the water. Unless you throw me in the water, you're, we're all gonna crash. And what's so interesting is Paul says the opposite now. 
You, you got to look at verses 30 through 32 later on this week. He, people are scrambling, getting to the life rafts, right? They're trying to get off the boat. And Paul says, if you leave, if you, if you leave this ship and you leave me, you're going to die. But if you stay with me, you're going to live. And I think this is an incredible moment for us to notice from the whole counsel of God here that when you're going in the right direction towards the purposes of God in your life, that's the safest place on earth to be. Even in the midst of a storm that threatens to tear the ship apart, Paul knows right here on this ship deck is the safest place on the planet because we're in the will of God. And Jonah knows that the safest place on earth for him was in the water because he was running away from God. And so when we talked about that together, when we went through the book of Jonah together as a church, we said it's better to be in the belly of a fish going towards God's will in your life than to be in the belly of a warm boat going away from God's will in your life. And we see the same thing play out here in the story. It's beautiful where Paul says, you better stay with me because I'm with God. And if you stay close to me, you're going to stay close to God and you don't need to be afraid and it's the goodness, look at the passage. It's the goodness of God, verse 24, that's gonna save all of Paul's shipmates because God is with him. And that's a beautiful picture of grace. That the, everyone watch this. The people in your life, your family, your neighbors, your business, your church is going to grow and be built up because of your faith. And Paul, uh, God says to Paul, listen, as you trust me, as you believe me, as you don't take counsel of your fears, as you stand here before these guys, they can stand with you. And that's contagious. And here's the third thing. Uh, believe. Look at verse 25. I love this verse. Maybe one of the clearest passages in the New Testament about faith. Paul says, so take courage. There's our little phrase again. Who are we taking courage from? Is it our circumstances, other people? Now, we gotta take courage from God. We gotta borrow his courage. Take courage, and then li listen to this little statement. For I believe God, it will be just as he said. When we wanna know what God is saying, what do we do, guys? We go back to what God has said. When we wanna know what God is doing in our lives, what do we do? We go back and we look at what God has done. Paul says, listen, I've learned in my life, and he has, through many dangers, toils, and snares, ups and downs, all the different things in God's plan for his life. Paul says to all of them, I've learned to take God at his word. I believe God. In other words, my portfolio of faith, I'm putting all my chips on God. I'm going all in on his plan. I'm trusting him at his word, and you can too. So take courage and believe him. You know, courage is contagious. Courage is contagious. You think about people in your life who have a lot of courage, a lot of trust, a lot of belief in God. It affects the other people around them. Let me, let me share something else with you. Fear is contagious too. But what kind of person do you want to be right where God's planted you? in your family, in your neighborhood, in your city, your church, your business? Do you want to take counsel of your fears? Do you want to trust the Lord? Paul says, I've learned to trust God. It's going to be exactly as he said it's going to be. And that comes from a person who you know who's experienced it. They understand what it's like to really count on God. Okay, here's the last one, okay? All these promises that come out of God, the challenges on the journey, promises from God. Here's the last one, verse 26. Yeah, where he says, hey, we're gonna, 
where you are going to be shipwrecked on an island. Here's how I phrased it if you're taking notes. It's going to be okay, but maybe not today. It's going to be okay, but maybe not today. And I love this story. You know, if, if, if the Bible were just a, a, a set of made-up stories that had as its purpose to expand a religion or just get people to, to believe that it's just onward and upward once you believe in God, why would you include a story like this? You know, Paul basically says, hey, don't be afraid. Take courage. Believe God. Trust him. And we're going to crash. We're going to crash. And the very thing that maybe you're putting your hope in, this ship is going to make it through, it's not. It's going to sink. And we're, not only that, if you go read the rest of the story in chapter 28, they're going to be on Malta, an island, and they're going to make a fire. It gets, it gets crazier. And Paul is putting wood in the fire. Do you remember this? And a snake comes out. I mean, think about everything this guy's been through. And they're building a fire on the beach just to warm themselves up. And a snake, a poisonous snake comes and attaches to Paul's hand. And all the people on the island think that he's cursed. And they, they, they back up from him like, you, there's no way that you could be shipwrecked and snake bit on the same day and be in God's will, right? There's no way. But he doesn't die. And then they think Paul's a god. And they, they want to bow down and worship him. And it gives Paul an opportunity to share Jesus. Uh, we were uh, with Jen's family last week in South Dakota, and we were playing Oregon Trail, which, do you remember that on the computer? Like, the, you click the button? Well, now it's a card game. Have you ever played that? And you just draw from, it's, a, it's called a calamity pile. I mean, it's like, this is life, right? And you just draw from this calamity. It's one calamity after the other. And no kidding, we're all, we set the whole game up. I draw the first card. It says, you've been bit by a rattlesnake, you're dead. That was the whole, that was the whole game for me. And then I was the banker for the next two hours watching them on the journey. And some of you feel like right now, that was the first card I drew in life. And I, I mean, I just feel like I'm, I'm shipwrecked, I'm snake bit. It just can't get any worse, and yet through all of that and through this crazy story in Acts 27, 28, it's through life's challenges and the, journey, the challenges of the journey that God's promises become so clear. It's through that snake bite that Paul's able to say, no, 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 don't worship me. I'm not a God, but let me tell you about him <laughs> because I've learned to trust in God's promises. We were visiting with uh, uh, some other folks uh, about two weeks ago. And uh, she's uh, the, the lady that we're, we're visiting with going through a really difficult bout of cancer. And um, three different times I counted just with, in visiting with me and Jen, she said, you know, there's worse things than death. I thought, what an interesting phrase. There's worse things than death. And I thought about that. And I thought about this story. And when Paul gets to Rome, which, spoiler alert, God does just what he says he's going to do. Paul gets to Rome, stands before Caesar, stands before Nero, spends several years there under house arrest. Right, he's a prolific writer, writes half of the New Testament. Many of those letters come from his time in Rome. One of the letters is to a spiritual son of his named Timothy. And in his first letter to Timothy, which is captured in the scriptures, Paul says this, 1 Timothy 1.19. Now this is a couple years after the shipwreck and snake bite and the whole, the whole journey. He writes to Timothy, cling to your faith in Christ. I love that little phrase. Like, it's not enough just to like, oh, I just, just want to just try to kind of half believe or portfolio. I'm kind of hedging my bets. Paul says, cling to your faith in Jesus in this world. You got to hold on and cling to your faith. 
I heard Evie Hill one time. Remember Evie Hill? Great preacher. Uh, he's in heaven now. Evie Hill. I was standing in line to meet him, and the guy before him was me was telling Evie all these different challenges, whatever. And, and he said, "But we're hanging in there." And I'll never forget. Evie Hill said, "Well, don't hang. That's dangerous. You got to hold. You got to hold. You got to cling to God's promises." Cling to your faith in Christ. Keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their conscience, and as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Paul says that here's, here's the, the worst thing that could happen. Not a shipwreck. It's that you would shipwreck your faith. That you would violate your trust and your belief and your hope in Jesus that in the midst of life's challenges that you would take the, the shortcut and that you would make a shipwreck of your life. In other words, the point is not the vessel. The point is your faith and your trust in Jesus. It's going, listen, for those of you who are Christ followers in here, for those of you who love and follow Jesus, I, w- I want everyone to watch, look, 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 just look at me for a second. It's going to be Okay. And I know it's hard. And I know I can't, I can't be- begin to understand everything in your story right now. All the different things that are going on in your life. I, I don't. And, and the truth is, you don't know all the things that are going on with me either. But here's the deal. For those of us who love Jesus, it's going to be okay. God told us it was going to be okay. He's going to prepare a place for us. He's going to wipe away every tear from every eye. There will be no more death, no more disease. Death is going to be swallowed up in victory forever. And he'll spend eternity showing you how much he loves you. It's going to be okay. For those of us who love Jesus, our best day is always in front of us. It's going to be okay. But hey, it may not be better today. The circumstances of this broken world in life, it, it, could, it could get darker it could get, the winds could get stronger. The storm could rage on. It could blot out the sun and the stars, but it's going to be okay. And can I tell you something else? You hear somebody say, you know, you just need to get over it. How many of you have, you don't even raise your hand, how many of you have you've been going through something so difficult in your life, such a difficult part of your journey? The winds are against you. The progress is slow. It's the winter season of your life. There's a storm that's raging. Everything's blotted out. You feel like all hope is lost, and someone says, gives you this great advice. Well, you just need to get over it. You won't get over it. But you will get through it. And there's a big difference God doesn't just magically transport us over all the difficult things in our life. He walks with us through it. Even in the valley of the shadow of death. The ups and the downs, the storms, the twists, the turns, every part of it, God is with us. He's standing with us and he's reminding us that it will be okay. This is the same man, Paul, that wrote these amazing words to the church in Rome where he said, if God is for us, who could be against us? If God's with me, then who could be against me? In other words, you and God are a majority. 
God is enough. His grace is sufficient. And what prayer does, right, this this relationship, this trust, this communion with God, this gift of prayer, of being able to to talk with God and commune with him. Prayer transports me. It, it helps me to journey from my challenges and the situations in my heart and my life to the very heart of God and his promises. It's going to be okay. Maybe not today, but it's gonna be okay. And through prayer, this journey, Paul reminds us that that's true. To Christ be the glory today. Would you pray with me? Let's pray together. Master, teach us to pray. Teach us to journey from the challenges of this world in our life to the promises of your heart. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of prayer. That even in the midst, especially in the midst of difficulty, that we can know you, that you're with us, you'll never leave us, you'll you'll never forsake us, that you'll walk with us through everything. And because of that, And because of that alone, your promises, it will be okay. Would you give each of us the wisdom to know what you're speaking to us through your word today? And now, right now, even in this moment, would you give us the courage and the faith to believe? In the name of Jesus, amen. Prayer is the journey between our heart and God's heart. And so many times it can feel like you're just talking to him and that you don't hear something back. But this next song is a reminder um, from God's perspective to you um, of the great plans that he has for you. They're so, so wonderful. So as we continue to worship, as we continue to respond, um, feel free to sit and listen and reflect or to stand. We'll just continue to praise him through this reminder to us. I'm standing at your
for that. What an encouraging morning. (laughs) Amen. What a morning. You know what? We're so glad that you're here. And we pray that God, that you feel his love right now for you. And we pray that this week you'll take this morning with you and that you will, you will press in to the trust that you can have. You'll press into the hope that we have in Christ. Um, And as you can tell, prayer is important to us as a church. And we know that things are going on in your lives, and we want to be praying for you. So I just want to remind you really quickly that you can can give us your prayer requests on the back of the Connect card. You can give that to a host or leave it at Connection Point. Or you can go to the website, newcity.us slash prayer. We are your faith family, and we want to be praying for you. If you want to respond by giving this morning, you can do that on the website, newcity.us give, 
or you can use the drop boxes in the lobbies. And lastly, we wanna help you get connected here. We want you to feel like this is your family here at New City. And so if you wanna hear ways that you can connect here, stop by Connection Point. And if you're new today, we wanna to welcome you again. We'd love the opportunity to get to know you. So we want you to stop by Connection Point too this morning. Thank you, Tammy. If you're able, would you extend your hands for a, a benediction as we go today? And I wanna invite you back next week. We'll finish the prayer series together next week. Now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon each and every one of you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and turn his attention your way. And may the Lord today and all throughout this week remind you of his goodness, his promises, his love for you, especially in the challenges. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. Love you. Thank you for being here today.